You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Amen. Have a seat, everybody. Amen. Uh, it's great to be together. I love, uh, I'm not going to get tired of singing together for the rest of my life. It's awesome to be together. Awesome to sing together. Uh, I love, uh, Betty's one of my favorite people to lead singing. I just love uh, singing together with Betty. Good job, Betty. <laughs> and Ben, uh, that's the first time Ben ever led uh, his Love Endures Forever, I think. And uh, that was awesome. And uh, it definitely moved my heart to sing about our God. So uh, we're going to uh, jump into our lesson. Our lesson's a little different today. The title of the lesson today is Faith Building. Uh, Faith Building. Uh, I feel like I'm lisping when I say that. Faith building. Um, but uh, it's a little different in that uh, I'm kind of a moderator here. We're going to hear from several voices today on this topic of building faith, and I'm trying to tie it all together and make it make sense. Uh, but there's a great scripture in Ephesians 4. Uh, it says, <clears throat> Paul is writing to the, the, the disciples in the church in Ephesus, and he says, as a prisoner of the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. That's something we all want to do. If you're visiting with us, uh, if you're on the live stream, I think we all want to be worthy of, of God's calling. We all want it to make a difference with our life. We all want to do something. We want our life to count, right? So how do we do that? Well, he says, here's how we do that. We be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Wait a minute. I thought you were talking about making a big difference. Well, that makes a big difference in our world. Being humble, being part of something that's not all about you, right? Lifting others up, being patient with one another, having a culture of forgiveness and love. That's a, that's a huge thing in our world today. Verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Uh, Satan is always trying to divide us, isn't he? Satan's always looking to, to, to separate Christians from one another. And so we got to work hard to stay united and keep united. There is one body, verse 4, and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. We're all here because of God. We're all here because of our Savior. We're all here because of the gospel message. And it's a message for all people, all cultures, all times, all generations. It's for all of us. It unites us, right, this, this one body that we're a part of. So skipping down a little bit, uh, Paul talks about how we've all been given different gifts, and, and God has, has made each one of us unique to play a certain role in the church. And not only that, but he, he, he gives us leaders in the church. In, in verse 11, it says, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up. And we're talking about faith building, building by faith, seeing the body of Christ built up. And that's the whole purpose of leaders in the kingdom. That's the whole purpose of, of leaders in the church. It's not to do all the work, right? We're, we're, we don't believe in this kind of clergy does everything and then the laity is just, you just show up and, and you're just, oh, take it in. Oh, that was a good one. No, that one wasn't very good today, you know. No, 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 that's not the body of Christ. The body of Christ is where we're all... The, the job of somebody like myself is working full-time. I'm just like, we're all the same. We're all servants of Jesus. My job is to give equipment out, right? I'm like the guy, you know, I'm not even the, I'm not, I'm not the star soccer player. I'm like the guy who's got the equipment that, like, 
You know what I mean? Like running around. Oh, do you have what you need? Do you have what you need? Oh, I see you need a water. I put, you know, you're, you're, you're the one who's like guzzling the water. You know what I'm saying? Like that's my job as a leader to equip you to do the work. All of us have got to do the work. All of us have got to be united. And, and I, I mention that because this is really important right now because I think a lot of us have gotten used to doing church on our couch, right, with our breakfast or just kind of, you know, and, and that was good. I mean, we, we had to do what we had to do. But now is the time that we build the church again. Now is the time to, 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 to exercise the muscles of the body of Christ again. And, uh, you know, there, there are some who, I mean, I know you guys are here. I'm looking at you physically, but I'm also looking at you in the live stream. You know, there's some who you, you haven't been able to meet up with anybody yet, you know, this whole time. You haven't been at church yet, in person yet. And I get that. There's all kinds of different things we're trying to weigh. But there's a way that you can participate. There's a way that you can be part of building up the cross, even if it's digitally, building up the, the, the body of Christ, even if it's digitally or on our, our, our website or, you know, through, through Zoom and other things if you can't meet in person right now because of illness or whatever. But we, we, we all are part of the body of Christ. So if you are part of the body of Christ, you are also a builder of that body, right? Are you with me? If you are a part of the body, you are part of the building of the body. Just like our human body, right? If you have part, if you have part of your body that's like not tied in, it's not, it's not going to do well, right? That 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 that's a problem. Every part of your body is part of building your body, and so that's 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 why we're here. That's why we are part of this fellowship is to 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 be the body of Christ, to make a difference, to be His hands and His feet, and to make a difference in our world. Continuing reading here, it says so the body of Christ may be built up, verse twelve, until. We all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will, oh, go back again. Okay. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. So he talks about this vision of the mature church. And it's one of those things, like I think, like a lot of things in the Bible that we're never going to get there until the second coming of Christ, but we keep pressing on, we keep pushing on. We want to mature the, the body of Christ. We're, we're, uh, we're not blown all around by different things. Like, things don't phase us as much. And hopefully, the older you get as a Christian, you're not phased as much. When you're a young Christian, you're up and you're down and you're here and you're there. But as you mature, hopefully you get a little more steady and solid and, and, and that's why we need each other and we kind of you know, solidify each other in our faith. And, and, and we're not blown all around uh, by, by Satan's craftiness and all of that. And last part of this verse here, verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That's one of the things that's so amazing about the human body. The human body heals itself. You ever been amazed by that? Like you get a gash and then like a few days later it's just gone and you're kind of like, I mean you take it for granted but then once in a while I'm like, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That the body heals itself. And, and, and the, the, the body of Christ builds itself up. Now is it our own power or our own strength? No, it's God's power. It's his spirit working through us and we, but we each do our part. And so we're talking about faith building today in three areas. Number one, building relationally. Building relationally. He talks about how we all speak the truth in love. Again, it's not like one preacher guy who's speaking the truth. 
Every part of the church is speaking the truth. We all have the word of God. And we're all sharing the word of God with each other. And we're these ligaments, it says, joined and held together by every supporting ligament. The church, as we've said many times, is not a building you, uh, you know, that you show up at. It's not an event that you attend. It's the family of believers. It's the family that you belong to. And so we are brothers and we are sisters and we, we have ligaments. And so I want to challenge you, if, if you've wavered in your relational dynamics here, you know, in the last year and a half, make a decision to hit the reset button. You know, maybe there's somebody you're supposed to be in a discipling relationship with and it's been months and months since you got together. I mean, that's kind of, that's happened, right? So that's all right. We, we are where we are, but let's just, now is the time to go, okay, let's start getting together again. Let's, let's make a plan. Let's get together every couple weeks or maybe it's somebody that, you know, that you're a teen that you're mentoring. You go, okay, let's start getting together again or let, let's meet in person or let's meet at a park or let's, with our Bible talk, let's figure out how we can do this. Like, let's, let's build those supporting ligaments. Let's build relationally. Amen? Uh, and so we're going to do something uh, during this time. The, the leadership of the South Bay has decided that, that we want to do what we're calling renewal talks. And a, re a renewal talk is just a talk about renewal. Okay? So there's nothing. It's, a renewal talk is a talk about renewal. Like, you just get with somebody and say, how am I going to be renewed spiritually? And a, a framework we're using in, is Acts 2, 42 through 47, where it talks about the church. Not just because that, that's, an, that's the a model that we want to look at. Okay, what were they devoted to? They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, prayer, fellowship, breaking of bread. How am I doing in just those basic things, being devoted to those things? But it's just a renewal talk. So we'd, we'd like to ask that everybody in the South Bay Church get together with someone and have a renewal talk by the end of the summer. And, uh, you know, somebody in your Bible talk, somebody that you're in a mentoring or discipling relationship with. But we, we want to make sure everybody, why? Because we don't know exactly, we, we want to make sure everybody has a chance to talk about how they're doing, right? And, and some people have gotten isolated during this time. So if you're a part of the church, if you're new to the church, if you're, uh, you know, have just joined us during COVID, there's people who've just joined us during COVID. Uh, we we want to make sure that you, you are able to have that kind of talk. And Steve, uh, Steve our, our lead evangelist, is in Lebanon right now, and he recorded a little message for us from the, the, the mountains of Lebanon, and he's going to uh, uh, share that message with us right now, talking about these renewal talks. Hello, South Bay Church. Steve Marici coming to you from uh, Lebanon, in the mountains of uh, Lebanon. And I just want to uh, take the opportunity to connect with you. It's been several weeks since we did our series uh, they devoted themselves to, and hopefully that's given you the opportunity to go back and take a look at the scriptures and do some self-assessment, but just really understanding as we come out of COVID, uh, this need for us as a movement, the South Bay Church, to move forward united. And then with that, that time was really so that we could be equipped to push back the very realm of Satan and the, just the demonic presence we have in our world today. Uh, there's an environment that is ripe for chaos, and it's going on right here in our midst. So we really felt one of the best ways to accomplish this is to look to God's Word and the impact of the Holy Spirit is that, that it has had during, for each of us disciples, a very challenging time. And in looking at the devotion to God, it needs to be something that we personalize for each and every one of us. So going forward, we can bring God even greater glory. So with this in mind, you know, this idea of the, this environment that we live in today knowing that the earth is Satan's realm, and this wanting to bring God greater glory, for the remainder of the summer, we will be involved in what we're going to be calling renewal talks. And a renewal talk simply is a journey that will hopefully bring us back 
for those that have maybe drifted or strayed a little bit to our first love and our devotion to God. So these talks are going to take place in our discipleship times with our discipleship partners or our Bible talk leaders or a shepherd. But for all of us, it really does need to be a time of personal reflection and self-assessment in light of what we've studied in the last three South Bay Church midweeks where we did this series. It will be a time to assess our own personal devotion, just identifying what areas we're doing well and what areas that we need to have some form of renewal or recommitment when it comes to our own personal devotion to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to prayer, and our own personal pursuit of holiness. So with that, my prayer is that we will all be unified in prayer, uh, asking that our character will become more like Christ in our devotion to all things holy. Amen. I miss you guys. I, I've been praying for you each and every day. Can't wait to get back in town. Pray that my uh, re-entry is uh, every bit as smooth as it was getting here. I get back home, you know, they can do whatever they want to do with my luggage. But um, just pray that I get through everything, the PCR test and the test that they do at the airport. And that all my flights actually connect when they're supposed to. That's my only uh, ask. And I'll continue praying for you, for those who have health issues, as well as just our church in a whole. Can't wait to get back. Love you guys. Take care. Take care, Steve. If you're watching, we love you. And uh, it was it was cool to, cool to see you on the big video screen here. Um, speaking of that, uh, you know that was a bummer to not be with you guys last Sunday. But uh, uh, Marshall and I recorded that sermon like one in the morning <laughs> here. Uh, but it was really cool to be able to do that uh, that lesson together uh, about. Um, chosen, what the reasons that David was chosen. We did four classes for camp, and the fourth one we didn't get to talk about to you guys, but the fourth reason that, that I feel like David was chosen was his zeal for God's temple, his zeal for God's house. And he really wanted to build a house for God, and, and, uh, and, and God used him to assemble all of the materials and put it all together and all the plans and everything, and then his son Solomon actually carried out the construction of the temple, but he had a passion to build the temple of Christ. And Marshall and I talked about how the temple for us is what? What's the temple now where God dwells? It's within us. It's within the church. The church is now the temple of Christ. And we each are a brick or a, a, a rock. You know, uh, Peter says, you are like living stones that form a temple in which God dwells by his spirit. So we are now the temple. So we're actively, when we work on those supporting ligaments, when we work on building relationally, it's like we're building a temple in which God dwells by his spirit. So it's for God's glory. It's for his purpose. So there's something that's really cool about I can connect with you relationally and God is glorified by that. Like God works through these relationships. God doesn't call us to be just monks and live in silence and on a hill and not talk to anyone. You know, the, the, the ascetic model. That's not what you see in the scriptures. God gives us each other. A lot of times each other is his vehicle for bringing about change and growth in our lives. It's like we, we walk with God, we talk to God, we have our connection with God, but then we have each other. So there's this horizontal dynamic and a, and a, and a, a vertical dynamic both. I, I got them wrong. Vertical, horizontal. <laughs> but we have both. We need both. And so uh, I hope that this has been a time of growing in your relationship with God, but it's now a time to grow with each other as well. And so that's why we're doing these uh, renewal talks. As I mentioned Sit down together, open Acts 2, uh, 42 through 47, and have a good talk about being devoted to those things and renewal and what that's going to mean for you. And we want everybody to have that chance. The second thing we're talking about, oh, I, I want to mention with Marshall, uh, I knew I was going somewhere. 
Um, so when Marshall and I talked about that lesson, he shared with our, our campers about how much relationships had helped him spiritually. Uh, Marshall's been studying the Bible for, for many, many years, but he just got baptized in May. I appreciate Brian back there. Brian's gotten with him every single year, uh, every single week for many years, uh, mentoring him. And that relationship has really helped Marshall through the years. And then going to Pepperdine ministry and having all these relationships, that's really what put him over the top and helped him become a, make the decision to become a Christian. It was a, a network of connections, of relationships that he really built through Zoom uh, initially and then been meeting in person. But, but he really attributes those relationships with that campus ministry to, to him taking that step to get baptized and become a Christian. And, and so God uses relationships. Second thing with faith building is building generationally. Building generationally. The church is meant to be a church for all generations that's passed on, that, that we pass on our faith. Uh, I love this verse where Paul is talking to Timothy, and Paul knew Timothy, and he knew his family, and he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. There was this passing on from grandmother to mother to Timothy. And we don't know whether, where his father is in the situation. His father was a Greek we know that much from the scriptures, but maybe he wasn't a believer. But, but there was a, you know, the, the, his mom, his grandmother passed their faith on to Timothy, and he grew up knowing the scriptures. He says uh, in another uh, place to Timothy, you've known these scriptures since you were infant, an infant. From infancy, you've known these scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation. And, and that these scriptures are useful. They're God-breathed. They're useful for teaching and correcting and training and righteousness. Like, you've known these scriptures, Timothy. Now use them in your relationships. But, uh, but God wants us to pass our faith on. So we are a faith community. We are a faith family. And so our kids, your kids are our kids, and our kids are your kids, and we all want to help one another to bring up the next generation. And so that's why we invest in camp and, t and youth camp, and that's why we're doing this parenting series, taking 10 weeks out. Is it 10 weeks, Jackie? 10 weeks. 10 weeks. We're taking 10 midweeks to focus on our parenting. And so if you, if you have young kids and you haven't signed up for this, please sign up today. There's a table out there and uh, it's, you know, through 12-year-old age or whatever. And even if you want, like, if you're a little bit older and you're, you're looking at the grandkids uh, phase of life maybe, or if you're an empty nester uh, and, and, and you want to help out with some of the rest of our kids, or even if you've never had kids, you never will have kids, but you want to be a part of helping the rest of our kids, this is open to everybody. So, uh, you know, sign up. Uh, the price goes up soon. So sign up now while it's still the low, low price of $40. Um, the, it's normally 65 The church really believes in the investment, so we're covering the rest of it. But, but please do that. Also, uh, we get to hear, as far as generational faith, one of the, my favorite things about camp is seeing generational faith. And I, this is my first year going to teen camp all, all week, but I always go to I've been going to youth camp all week for like 12 or 13 years. And, and you just see all the generations there. You see the, at youth camp, you see the, the young campers uh, who are coming in. They're, a lot of them away from their par parents for the very first time in their life. And uh, they're learning to have quiet times. And they're learning about God. And they're worshiping. And, and then their, their, uh, uh, their counselors are a lot of times college students you know, who are, are investing and, and, and sharing their faith with their, their, the kids in their group. And then you have all, uh, this group of teenagers who are there called gophers who are sharing and helping and, and, and ministering to the young kids. 
and they're, you know, teenage age, and then you have parents like me who are there serving and doing different roles, and you just have all of these ages of the church all working together for this common goal of helping these campers to, to learn to know God. So camp is amazing. If you've never been, if you've never been a counselor or been able to serve, I, I really encourage you to do that next year. But we get to hear from a couple of our teen campers right now, sharing a little bit about teen camp and what they got out of it and how that helped their faith. So we're going to invite up Andy and Beth to uh, share with us. my sophomore year of uh, high school, and this is my first camp experience. Um, honestly, I had a lot of fun. Uh, this year at camp was the first year that they made women the face of some of the tribes, and I was in the tribe of Deborah, even though it was a losing tribe. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, being part of the smallest tribe, I think, was a really good way to connect with people on a deeper level. and appreciate each other, even if we did have some differences and arguments. <laughs> right off the bat, I knew that my cabin mates were going to be really great friends of mine. Um, uh, we had so much in common. We were all disciples. We had the same vibe. We were really into the same things, and um, we just loved each other a lot. Um, some of my favorite things um, about them were that, um, and my counselor, Megan, she's amazing. Um, she taught us how to be um, really independent and how to grow up as women, um, and that it's okay to be vulnerable and open. Um, so I couldn't have asked for better people to be in my cabin um, and spend that week with. One of my favorite things at camp was the fellowship. I really felt like I got to make a lot of great friends and deepen the friendships I had coming into camp. Um, my, the most impactful thing for me was worship. Uh, it brought tears to many eyes, including my own. Um, and it made me realize how many young teenagers were not embarrassed to praise God and be open about their faith, um, which I think is really hard to come by these days in teenagers. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed my time with my friends away from most of my family. Um, <laughs> but I also felt like I needed some alone time. Uh, some of camp was difficult for me. Um, uh, due to like anxiety and stress, and I felt really disconnected from everybody, even though I was surrounded by people who loved me. Um, but after having a long talk with some of the other campers and my counselor, I felt really relieved to know that I wasn't the only one who dealt with these things. Um, um, but yeah, overall, I learned that camp is a safe place to be open without judgment and learn new things. Uh, it was an amazing time for me to um, encourage people and feel like something part of bigger than myself. So, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Hello, what's going on, guys? Let's go. I'm really happy to be able to share. Um, so, um, yeah, my name is Andy, like Brian said, and uh, it's always an honor to share at church, but it's really special for me to share about Teen Camp. I've shared every year. So, uh, and it's special because this was my last year. So, um, yeah, also shout out to Beth because she helped me like lay out my lessons. So, we can hand to her. But, um, yeah, um, so I want to just start off by saying like, I was not feeling going to teen camp this year. Like, I was excited, but I was also, I had a lot of issues with it. Um, 
One being that it was at Idlewild. Uh, and yeah, that's like where youth camp is. And I got sick every year of youth camp. So yeah, it's just a lot of like, not good, very good memories up there. Um, and the food and the, you know. But also, um, and another thing was just, it was hard leaving my family for a week right now. Um, and you know, I, I had my moments at camp where I struggled being away from my family. Uh, but you know, that, that, that came and went. Um, but I want to share about my tribe because my tribe was awesome, uh, John the Baptist. Um, and we were the tribe that everyone was gunning for the entire, uh, entire week of camp. Very obnoxious and loud. Not very many people liked us. But uh, our, our tribe leaders were uh, Justin Trump. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys know who he is, and his wife, Emma. Uh, and yeah, so it was, they were great. Um, and some of my favorite things about camp were like being able to see my friends uh, that live far away. And uh, I want to shout out to my friends that have come out from the IE, uh, Brandon and uh, Noah. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, really, they're really good guys. Um, and yeah, so being able to see people like them and also like, like being able to be, like meet new people, like my, my cabin, I didn't know two guys uh, before camp. Um, and you know, by the end of it, we were all like super close and we're hanging out outside of like just church events and stuff. So it's like, I don't know, camp just like, it brought, it brought me together with people I wouldn't really normally hang out with. Um, so that was, that was obviously good. Um, and um, I'm gonna share about like some things that impacted me at camp. And uh, the first thing I'm gonna share about, it was originally supposed to be like kind of hush-hush and not supposed to really talk about it, but it's kind of gone out now and I'm being asked to share, so I'm gonna share what impacted me, you know? Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, one thing that impacted me was actually getting in trouble. Uh, yeah, because, uh, yeah, it was the last, last day of camp and, you know, uh, you know, did some pranks. Uh, and, you know, we didn't really, didn't really think much of it, but you know, it did cause a lot of stress for the people, the, the, the staff involved, like that had to, you know, worry about us being out late and stuff like that. Uh, and, but it, the consequences were severe. And like, uh, yeah, I just, it, it showed me that I gotta think, think uh, through like, like, my, like my actions have consequences and I gotta think through what I'm doing before I do it kind of thing. And, you know, uh, so that, that was one thing that impacted me. And another thing was uh, definitely confession night because, um, you know, it was, it was awesome to see, like, like, how God was working in everyone in my cabin's hearts in different ways. Like, everyone's in their different stages of what they're going through. But you could still see him moving, you know, even... Even if they couldn't, like, I, I was like, oh, yeah, he's definitely moving there. Um, so that was cool. And, like, even when I, sh like, shared, uh, just, like, being told that, like, my emotions are valid and that, uh, you know, just to trust God and that God hears me because it feels like he doesn't sometimes. But just hearing that he does, like, that definitely uh, meant a lot. Um, and... Uh, just the, the biggest thing I took away from camp was that there is so, there's like a big family of teens we have here in Los Angeles that really are trying to live for God. And uh, what I want to do is I just want to bring as many more kids as possible into that, that group, uh, that, that family. 
So uh, yeah, I, I'm just really happy that I was able to share with you guys my experience. And yeah, thank you for Brian for asking me. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Great job, John. 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 You guys leave me hanging, man. Come on. There we go. There we go. Every every tribe had these different chants, and theirs was the best one. I thought. It's like, okay, you guys do it. Do it with me. John. 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 <laughs> Duncan Jesus and then got beheaded. Anyway, there's all kinds of stuff. It was, it was good. So, last thing we're going to talk about is uh, building missionally. Missionally. You might not know that's a word. It's a made-up word that ministers use now. But basically, mi being missional means to, to believe that wherever you are in your life, you have been sent. You're on a mission. And we believe that as disciples of Jesus, he sends us out, right? He makes us fishers of men. He gives us a, a purpose, a mission, a calling. He gives us his commission to go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, and so wherever you are at your school, in your neighborhood, on your job, you have been sent to that place. You've been sent to those people. And you are on a mission. And, uh, and so we want to, we wanna, again, be thinking that way as the South Bay Church. Where is God sending us? How is God going to use us to, to impact those around us? We, we want to make a difference. We want to make an impact. Because, again, God uses people. That's his method for bringing about change in people's lives. It's his method of bringing people into a relationship with him. He doesn't. It's interesting. Even when God appears to someone personally, like Jesus appearing to Paul, uh, when he was his, Saul, he appears to him on the road to Damascus. What does he tell him? Go and go to this house, and I'm going to send somebody to you. And he sends Ananias to him. You know, even, even when Jesus himself appears to somebody, he still uses people. And so God uses us. And, and 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through, through us. God uses us, and God wants to use you as part of the body of Christ. You are a builder of the body of Christ, and one of the ways that you build is by building missionally. And uh, we have a great example among us, the Winklers are going to share right now, about a, a, a church planting, a, a mission team they were able to participate in, and I'll, I'll let them share all the details, but we wanted to hear from them just to get inspired about bringing that same missional spirit that they have to our whole congregation. And uh, so let's uh, welcome up the Winklers. Good morning, everyone. Um, we're so excited to be up here today just to be able to share a little bit about, oh, we are the Winklers, sorry. Uh, I'm Natalie, this is my husband, Ryan. Abel is running around here somewhere. Um, but we're so excited to be able to share with you a little bit about our experience and our trip to Flagstaff. Um, we're very grateful that God really worked everything out in our lives to allow us to go and participate um, and be with the disciples there for the entire month of June for the replanting effort. If you're not familiar with Flagstaff, it's a very small town in northern Arizona and 
A huge part of, of the town is made up of Northern Arizona University. It's actually uh, kind of funny. They say that Flagstaff is really a suburb of NAU. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool town if you uh, have been or want to go. And uh, the, the vision of the planting is found in Matthew 9, verse 35. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And the plan is for Flagstaff to really be the first domino to fall in reaching out and evangelizing the entire northern Arizona region. The largest the church in Flagstaff has ever been um, is about 40 people, and that was actually like 10 years ago. Um, and when it was at its largest, it consisted mostly of campus students. So one of the challenges that they face is that the kids graduate and the church shrinks back down. And so that's really what kind of sparked this huge effort to get people to flock to Flagstaff and build up the disciples there and to go out and evangelize and really impact the, the community. Yeah, and um, just on a side note, the whole generational thing, it's funny, the kids get up with their iPhone 10s and I get up with a piece of paper and a paper Bible. So just a, side, just a little side note, but um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm a little old school, sorry. Um, but I, what I wanted to start off with is just sharing a scripture with you guys. Um, and it's always been a scripture that's really built faith in me. Um, and it's really looking at the heroes of our faith, right? And God's promises and how God provides and, you know, really just reminds us of what a trusting and active faith looks like. Um, I'm going to be reading through Hebrews 11, but it's going to be a little bit different, okay? So as I read, you're going to see that there's different parts of this, okay? This is more my letter to the church, but I'm stealing a lot of their ideas and thoughts, right? Um, so listen closely. Um, really listen to the things that are different than what you're used to hearing. Um, you know, as we just share a little bit more in depth about this passage and we take you through the journey, or our journey with Flagstaff. It says, now faith is confident in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And this is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed by God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead and running around here somewhere. <laughs> by faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. All these people admitted that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. They were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, people passed through the Red Sea on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around it for seven days. By faith, Ken and Debbie didn't approach retirement as most people would. They moved from the desert to the mountains to sacrifice a retirement of relaxation and focus on self to support brothers and sisters in a distant land. 
By faith, they counseled couples back from the brink of divorce into thriving, God-serving parents. By faith, they built a foundation of 15 dedicated disciples, a loving and faithful family who were waiting for the support and help that God most surely would bring. By faith, the McCabe family stayed faithful, dedicating themselves to God and the Word, even though they were the only disciples in that entire town. By faith, Brian and Abby uprooted their entire lives from a faraway land to come and lead the disciples in the mountains. By faith, they stepped out in faith and led an entire ministry for their very first time. By faith, they trusted that God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. These were all commended for their faith, although none of them knew the scope of which God had called them together in Flagstaff. They step out in faith daily, trusting God and each other. They understand that God's dreams are bigger than anything we can see, that God has the ability to move mountains if we just have the faith of a mustard seed. You know, and I don't know if we have the pictures. Um, there's a, yeah, that's, that's the group. That's what we started with. So there's 15 disciples. That was our, uh, one of our missionary trip or our mission meetings. Um, and some of, some of the locals weren't there, but that was the group that met that day. Um, you know, and I'd like to talk a little bit more about those additions to Hebrews 11. Um, in 2014, there were a total of four disciples in all of Flagstaff. Two of them lived on the reservation. Um, and, that, and that's when Ken and De- Debbie Burford pushed aside all that they were thinking of retirement and moved to Flagstaff. You know, when we think of retirement, we think of ourselves, yeah. right? We think about, man, it's finally my time, right? I, all these years of working, I can put those aside and I can do all the things I want to do. I can travel, I can visit with family, I can finally focus on myself. My kids are out of the house, right? All these things, like it, it's my time. But they didn't view it that way. Okay, they saw a need two hours north of them, and they met it. Okay, they, they put aside getting to travel and do everything they wanted to do um, to go up and support the church in Flagstaff and, and actually lead it without being paid. Okay, and instead, they chose to come and serve these disciples and build the kingdom, and, and that's how they chose to, to live their retirement. You know, they built this church up to 12 to 15 disciples on their own. Um, with the constant flow of disciples coming in and out of the church up there, you know, and, and when we got there, there was only 15 disciples. You know, that's faith building, right? When we can look at people like that, that sacrifice everything that, I mean, I know what I think of in retirement, and that's not it, <laughs> right? And, and these faithful, faithful disciples moved up. They're in their 70s now and have been leading this church since 2014. Um, I want to talk about the McCabe family, Chilson, Lorraine, and then they have adult children, Merle, Bernie, and Candy. Candy actually lives in Phoenix. Um, Most of the family was baptized back in 98 and 99, okay, and and most of the family lived on the reservation. When all the other disciples moved out of Flagstaff or fell away from the faith, they stayed faithful, you know, and... It's the faithfulness of the McCabe's that allowed when the Burfords to get up there, there to be a foundation for the church. Without them, there would have been nothing in Flagstaff to move up to. And they're still faithful. They were still there. Um, That's Ken and Debbie, but, you know, Merle and, I mean, the parents were out every Sunday. They were out camping with us. Parents are probably in their 70s or 80s. They live on the reservation. Uh, Merle and Bernie were out there in the malls with us, uh, evangelizing, 
and really just, you know, you, you look at them and you look at their faithfulness. You know how hard it is to be faithful when you're on your own? Lone, lone wolf Christianity, it doesn't work. I know, I've been there, I fell away, right? And, and yet they still stayed faithful. They held it down for the church, for, for the Burfords to move up and, and to get this thing started. Um, the, third, the third one I wanna talk about is Brian and Abby Mackey, the new leadership couple. They're a couple that are in their mid to late 20s. Um, and that's them with, with Abel, me, and Nat. Um, but they're full of energy. They're excited, man. They're, they're just fired up for God and what he's going to do. And their passion just, it just, it just permeates everything. Um, when, you know, when we met them, we knew that God chose them from Flagstaff. It was just so apparent, right? It, it was weird because they were looking for a leadership couple. Things kept falling through. We were like, I don't know, maybe six weeks out from going, and we didn't have a leadership couple yet. And then they got hired. And like literally went out, got trained for a month in Tucson and moved up there. Keep in mind, they've only been married a year. So all of you young marrieds <laughs> and know the struggles of being married, they moved from Washington to Flagstaff to take over a church for the very first time less than a year into their marriage. That's faith building. You know, and we talk about last week, you know, all these traits, right? Spirituality, humility, integrity, zeal, all the things that David had that not only made him chosen, but made him used by God. And that's what they exhibit, right? It's just from the very first time you meet them, it's just there's something different about them, right? And it's just, it's, it's inspiring. It's absolutely inspiring. And there's so many other people that we met up there that I wish I could share about. You know, a 20-year-old who's just on fire for God, um, other couples that are moving up. I mean, there, there's actually been people from all over the, the country that have moved into Flagstaff to help out and are going to continue. People from Southern Arizona, California, Washington, Texas, South Carolina, Maine, Massachusetts, who are all flocking into Flagstaff to help to rebuild this church. That's faith building. You know, so what does all this mean for Flagstaff? It means Flagstaff's being taken by storm. It means the disciples are out there in the parks, in Targets, Walmart, strip malls, um, workplaces, malls, downtown, sharing the gospel everywhere and with everyone they can come across. And it's just so inspiring to be a part of something like that and to see the passion and the zeal and, the, and the, just, just the love for God that they have to come out and actually evangelize this entire town. Yeah, like Ryan said, Flagstaff is really being taken by storm and... Um, we want to just give you a couple of personal examples of things that happened in our short time that we were there where God really showed up. I mean, day one, the team is out at Wheeler Park, which is a, a local park there. And we prayed for God to lead us to souls and for souls to be brought to us. And we're walking along the path, and there's Connor and Rachel, one of our very first outreach days, one of our very first interactions and come to find out they're a young couple, only been married six months, and they moved to Flagstaff really just because. They didn't have jobs yet, um, and they had completely open hearts. They had actually been looking for a church, um, and there they were. God put them in our path. Since then, they've been attending church regularly and are studying the Bible, so that is super exciting and really faith building, especially for the disciples that are there. So an answer prayer just right off the top, day one, it gave us a, a lot of energy and enthusiasm for sure. 
Yeah, and God did that our, our entire time up there, right? Like every time we would get a little discouraged or felt a little beat down, God would show up and show out every time. Um, another example, and here's, here's actually the last one from this Thursday. Um, we would do Bible talks in the mall. We would literally go out, the whole group, whoever could show up on Thursday, we'd show up at 5.30, and we would go invite the entire Flagstaff Mall out to Bible Talks in the middle of the mall. I mean, food courts, uh, Dillard's, uh, Foot Lockers, nothing was safe. <laughs> I mean, we, we were everywhere. Um, they actually just had a, and I'll talk about this later, but they actually just had a group of um, interns and campus go up there and actually got kicked out of the mall for, for evangelizing too hard. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, it was just kind of funny, but yeah, so we'd go out to the local mall, we'd ask, invite everyone out to these Bible talks, we'd all meet up in the middle, right? And every week since we, since we got up there, there has been people that have shown up to the Bible talks. Not one Thursday has there been where no one has shown up. And this is not like a mall like Delama where you have thousands of people walking around. I mean, this is a small mountain town, right? This is a Thursday night, like maybe on the weekend you'd have, it'd be a little busier, but it wasn't. You know, and I remember, I think it was the second Thursday, we were about to start the Bible talk, and nobody was there. And I remember Brian was like, man, you know, maybe we should bounce. Like, you know, it doesn't look like anyone's coming. Maybe we should just close in prayer and head out. And right then, people walked up. And it's just been like that every time. Right when we think no one's going to go, someone would walk up. The one time I got to lead, I'm starting, no one's there, and people walked up. And it just, God shows up and shows out. Like, he, he truly does bless, his, bless our faithfulness. He truly does bless our efforts. He truly wants his word to be spread to everybody, right? And it's just, it's so faith-building to see that. I mean, we had single mothers, teens expecting children, visitors from out of the area. We got to minister to them. We got to reach out to them. We got to pray with them, right? I mean, pray for safe travels for people that were out. I mean, just all these different ways that we were able to bring God's love to them in the middle of a mall. I mean, there was one day, we, one time we had, it was like six or eight people show up. It, and people are walking by us like, what's going on, right? Like looking at us saying, this is strange, right? Like, what are these people doing? They're sitting there with open Bibles, talking about the Bible in the middle of a mall. And it was like really super confusing for most people. You know, you could see it on their faces. Um, and there's actually a couple from this last one. I think my, might have been in that picture, but there's a Navajo couple that actually went this last Thursday and are actually going to start studying the Bible. And you just see the fruits being there everywhere, right? And it's just because they, the, the group up there is just so faithful. You know, and to be able to look at these people and see their faith, it's faith building, you know? Um, and then I don't know if you have the, the last. So this, this right now was going on this weekend. 40 interns and campus people from Southern Arizona went up to Flagstaff and literally just like conquered the city. They're out there evangelizing like seriously 12 hours a day, all day long in downtown, in parks and stores and malls trying to spread the, spread the gospel. You know, and it's just, it's so encouraging, you know? And um, what, we, what we were taught in Flagstaff over the course of this month in terms of faith building um, and about dreaming God-sized dreams, about not just being called but being used for God's glory, is number one, nothing holds us back but ourselves, right? We come up with a lot of excuses for why we do or do not do things, a lot of excuses for why we're, maybe we're not being used by God in this moment, but there, there is no excuse. God, God doesn't hold back our, our ability to be used. We do. 
The second one is we have examples of faith builders in the kingdom today. We have living, active people that are out there really living out their faith that we can look at. It's great to look at Hebrews 11 and look at the, the, the heroes of the past and have our faith build off the things that were accomplished, the things that God promised, and to see it played out in their lives. But we have those people in this room, right? We have people that we can grab a hold of. And what I want to challenge everyone is find out who those people are. Learn from them. Grab a hold of them. Understand their hearts. Get yourself inspired again, right? Because our God is an inspiring God, and the people that he changes lives and works through are inspiring. Let your faith be inspired. Let your faith be built. And the third thing is God wants to use each one of us to start a revival. Okay? So what are you waiting for? Leadership to put something in motion for you? An open door? More boldness? Let me remind you of one thing about about the God we serve and a couple things about what the Bible tells us. Number one, that door you're waiting to get for open, our God is a God that kicks down doors. Our God is a God that parts seas. Our God is a God that makes walls crumble. Our God is the one who makes ways. So what are you waiting for? Number two, those of us who have been baptized in the Spirit have the Spirit living inside, or have been baptized, have the Spirit living in us. It says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you know that you are God's temple? I think Brian just alluded to this. And that God's spirit lives in you? Do you believe that? And then the last one I want to point out in scripture, something that God tells us is in John 14, 12, when Jesus is talking, he says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Are you doing the works that he's doing? Are, are, are you following his example that he laid? Do you understand that he says that each one of you is going to do even greater things than him? That's why he sent his spirit to us. That's why he went back to the Father. So what God-sized dreams are there in Flagstaff? What, are, what, are, what dreams are they dreaming? What can we be praying for for them? Number one is five baptisms before their inaugural service is September 12th. That's a God-sized dream. Keep in mind, it's been years since they've had a conversion. A healthy and active fellowship impacting the community and growing in numbers and depth of faith. And number three, 500 people from all across Arizona, California, and the country converging on Flagstaff to kick off the church on September 12th to encourage the brothers and sisters there. And so I want to ask you guys, what God-sized dreams is the South Bay Church dreaming? You know, we've been, we've been talking about, you know, dreaming big, right, faith building, um, you know, what makes someone used by God? And God wants to use each one of you. He has big dreams for this church. We aren't even scratching the surface of what, how God wants to move in, in this church, how he wants to move into each individual in this room. Okay? There are so many people out there that need to hear the gospel. There are so many people out there that need to know the love of Christ. Are we being his ambassadors? Are we stepping out in faith? Because I I promise you, if you do, God will build your faith. God will show up. He will show out. He will open ways. And he will make a way. 
Um, so before we share a small video about the inaugural service that Ryan mentioned uh, in September, we just want to say uh, a few thank yous. Um, everyone here at home, we know that you guys were praying for us while we were away, and we're so grateful for your prayers. It's really what helped keep us going and um, really paved the way for us to make it there. So we're very grateful for your thoughts and your prayers. Uh, we want to thank... This was a, an idea that was in the works for us for a while. Obviously, we just didn't pick up one day and head to Flagstaff. We definitely had to plan for it. Um, and so we want to thank people that really encouraged us and supported us and prayed for us throughout that process. Um, our Bible talk, we had many conversations with people in that group. Um, we want to thank the Marichis. Steve and Jackie just for really giving us, you know, their wisdom and their counsel and their encouragement and their prayers. And we want to thank in particular the Ross family, uh, Scott and Linda. Uh, Flagstaff is a very special place for them as well. Um, and they were super encouraging and just a huge support for us. So we just want to make sure that we, we mention those people. So thank you again so much for sharing for allowing us to share, and I think we're sharing a video, an inaugural service video. Yeah. Okay. Here it is, thank you guys. Thank you. Hi, my name is Brian Mackey. Over the past two months, disciples have been moving to Flagstaff, Arizona to join a group of faithful already here. We've been working this summer to get spiritually in shape as we launch the Flagstaff Church of Christ this fall. We are so excited to be doing this and God has already been doing incredible things. Our worship services have already gone from an attendance of 25 to over 40 and God has continued to be working in our Bible talk we've been doing at the mall and as well as a Bible study class that we're going to be starting up this week. We are incredibly blessed to be doing this and we want to invite you to join us this September 12th for our inaugural service. We're gonna be hosting it here in Flagstaff at the Little America Hotel and Conference Center. And it's gonna be an incredible time. The service time is gonna be at 2 p.m. And we wanna invite you to come join and worship with us as we launch this church. If you're planning on attending, please go to our website, flagstaffchurch.com and register using our Eventbrite link. We are so excited for you to join us. We are so thankful for all the efforts that you guys have been doing, whether financially or through prayer or through guidance in helping us launch this church. It's gonna be a great time this September 12th as we launch the Flagstaff Church of Christ with our inaugural service. Please join us, we can't wait to see you. Amen, uh, thank you so much for sharing. Winkler's really spoke to you. Uh, thank you for allowing the Spirit to use you and being a great example. I hope you felt your heart moved as they shared. I hope you felt inspired. What can I do? Uh, where have I been? How can I be a missionary uh, wherever I am? And I pray that, that, uh, that, that you act on that. Like, even take a moment uh, as before we take communion and just think, okay, how, how is the Spirit speaking to me? How is God stirring my heart uh, to make a difference and make an impact in this world? Uh, because we are a part of a, of, of a family that's building together and building strong. And as we take communion, I want to reflect on this scripture. In 1 Corinthians 10, um, Paul says, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? 
and is not the bread that we break, a participation in the body of Christ. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. Uh, the reason we call it communion is not only about communing with God, it's communing with each other. It's the Lord's Supper. It's a meal that we share together. It reminds us of the body of Christ and that we are a part of that body. Uh, and, and each one of us, the, the, the part that you play is so important. You might think, well, it doesn't really matter what I do or if I show up or I don't show up. Or uh, No, it does. You know, every single one of you makes a huge, huge difference. And, uh, and God is calling you to do that, to, to build your faith in some way. Uh, as we move forward together. So let's uh, pray and, and remember Jesus's body and blood together in prayer and in song, and, uh, and let's do this together as one body. God, thank you for being able to worship you together in this place. Um, God, thank you for giving us grace through the body and blood of Jesus. Um, God, thank you for, um, even though, you know, we come from all kinds of different backgrounds and all histories, and we all have different ways that, that uh, you've worked in our lives, God. We're all together, and we're all one in Christ. Um, God, bless this time of uh, reflection. Uh, bless this time of remembering Jesus' body and blood, and uh, thank you that we could make this a time of thanksgiving, as the scripture talks about. I know there are so many that need to know the Lord, and God, I really pray that you'd use us uh, as South Bay to have a greater impact. I know you have incredible plans for South Bay North and South Bay South and for the Alive Ministry and for the uh, Marriage Ministry and the Teen Ministry and the Youth Ministry and our Children's Ministry. I know you have great, great plans. And Father, help us not to get in the way of those plans, but help us to offer ourselves completely to you and even renew that covenant uh, in your name right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.